Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, this is Sarah from the Whispering Woods podcast. We are having a summer break for a couple of weeks. So in between, we're releasing some of our Patreon episodes. Hope you enjoy and we'll catch up with you again soon. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Wednesday Whisper. This whisper is all about... Terrifying camping trips. Okay, so I've got two stories to tell you today. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. If you ever hear a cry for help at night while camping, ignore it. I love to camp, but after my most recent trip, I don't think it will ever be the same. I set up my tent on nice flat ground and collected some wood for a fire. The night came with all its nightly sounds and I relaxed at the hooting owls and the chirping crickets. Even better was the fact that no one else was around. Help. It was subtle. I almost missed it. The voice came from deep within the woods. And for a moment, I didn't believe what I was hearing. It sounded female. But oddly enough, I just couldn't tell. Please help. It continued. I shone my flashlight between the bushes and walked around. To be completely honest, even as a grown man, I was paralysed with fear. So I did the responsible thing and called the local police. That's when things went from odd to very, very weird. The police told me to ignore it. 
I explained to them that someone could be injured and probably needed medical attention. But they assured me otherwise. When I kept pushing and asked why, they told me. Sir, if you ever hear that voice again, ignore it. Do not respond and do not approach. Well, I did hear it again, but I didn't ignore it. It was almost midnight when I heard the voice a second time. I awoke to someone whispering, and it sounded like she was just outside my tent. I went out to check, and no one was there. But the voice continued from a distance. Again, I grabbed my flashlight and looked around the area I was camping. I was too afraid to follow the voice into the woods especially since the authorities themselves avoided it. I really struggled morally, trying to decide whether I should go and help this person or listen to the police, who were concerned for my safety. But then I heard another, different voice. This other voice, which also seemed to be coming from the woods, was an octave lower. Unlike the first one, which cried for help, This one was loud and demanding. Quiet, the other voice demanded. No one's going to help you. Once I heard that, I was sure someone was in trouble. I called the police again. When I informed them about a second voice coming from the woods, they seemed even more concerned. They told me I should pack my things and leave the campsite immediately. They said that hearing the second, more manly voice meant that it was getting desperate. They also said that the two voices were coming from the same person. That part was bizarre and confused me, to say the least. It was at this point I dismissed the police in that area as crazy, but not before telling them off. I got angry. I told them that if they didn't want to get down here to come and get it out, then I would do it myself. I said repeatedly that a woman could be in serious trouble and that it was their duty to help her, but still they refused to come. All they kept repeating to me over the phone was, do not enter the woods, sir. They seemed more afraid than I was. Once I hung up the phone, I heard the voices again, a gentle, please somebody help me, and then a growling, quiet no one's coming it was a little past midnight at that point i couldn't live with myself knowing that i had a chance to save someone's life but instead coward so i grabbed some things and ventured into the woods when i entered the woods the voices ceased just like that no cries no whispers and no commands even the owls and crickets went away Nothing but dancing leaves and creaking tree branches. I stopped walking and looked around. A full 360 degrees. Hello, anyone there? I called out. Nothing. I'm here to help you, I continued. Where are you? Are you okay? Still nothing. I thought of calling the police again, then chuckled to myself. I found it strange but somewhat comforting that I didn't find anyone out there. Nonetheless, I was still creeped out, so I packed my things and finally left the campsite. 
I didn't know why the police, of all people, were so afraid. Worst case, someone was in actual danger and we've all failed them. Best case, morons who think saying help me in the middle of nowhere is a great idea for a prank. To be honest, when I heard the voice the very first time, I did think it was a joke. When I heard it the second time, along with that other voice, I became a bit more concerned. And same with the third time. But when I heard it again the fourth time, a week after I left the campsite, coming from inside my own house, I became very, very concerned. That sounds like a mimic to me. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. I found that story really, really creepy. Yeah. The police obviously knew what it was, didn't they? Yeah. That's why I didn't tell tell them to go. Yeah, exactly. Because around there, wherever it is, they're probably used to stuff like that. I just, yeah. But you'd, you'd, you know, I really wouldn't actually, if I heard that. I don't don't know if I would go and help. Nah. I mean, yeah, it's it's sad in it, but I'm not trying to die. No, especially if the police warned me. I think that would make my decision and I'd pack up. Yeah, the police say nah. I was like, well, I ain't going to do it anyway. No, exactly. If bait. Yeah, if it is bait or your bait by the sound of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, the little girl's bait. (laughs) Yeah, the person mimicking a voice is the bait. Yeah. Right, are you ready for the second scary camping story? Yes, I am. So let me start by saying that my brother and I are extremely experienced desert campers. And we have lived near deserts pretty much our whole lives. I've never in my 20 years of life, ever, for one second, believed in anything paranormal or anything to do with evil spirits. Unlike my brother, who has always sensed presences and been able to see mostly what we call jinn, also known as demons. Until last night, which is safe to say, marks the last time we will be camping alone in the desert. We always have the same place we like to go when we want to camp with minimum effort and our day started as normal as ever. But as we got closer and closer to our destination, I saw my brother's mood completely shift. And when I asked what was wrong, he just shrugged me off and told me to just keep driving. When we arrived, I felt completely fine, but my brother was still unusually quiet. It was around 1pm at that point, and we were planning on leaving at around 12 to 1am. Because of the heat, we made the terrible decision to set up under a few trees and a source of water, which in Middle Eastern culture is where the jinns live at night. Not that I believed it at the time, of course. However, we set up our camp and continued on as normal. Now my brother always says that when he feels a presence, or several in this case, he gets extremely unlucky. First he almost dropped a box of coals on his foot. Then he split an entire bottle of coke on his phone. Then he dropped it into the sand, then proceeded to smash his elbow on the edge of the chair he was sitting on which is now very swollen. And last but certainly not least, when he was looking through one of our boxes, he felt something cold and sharp 
pressed right against his arm, and he realised it was an unsheathed knife, which we'd packed with its case the previous night before, and he later said it felt like something pushed his hand into it, right where his veins are. All of these events, consecutively, within a matter of a few hours, were certainly making us both uneasy, and I, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why he was suddenly so unlucky. As I was starting to question his clumsiness, a random couple appeared out of nowhere, informing us that they were stuck in the sand and needed help. We drive a Land Cruiser and they had a Nissan Altima, so we didn't expect to encounter as many issues as we did. We first dug them out without any problem, but as we pushed them out of the sand, they got stuck again. If you know anything about dune bashing or desert camping, then you understand the physics behind how wheels get stuck in sand. And the way this Nissan was stuck was incredibly unusual. It was literally stuck somewhere with plenty of space available for grip. And later, my brother said that as we were digging them out of the sand, that's when he really started feeling an evil presence around us. But he didn't want to say anything as to not ruin the trip and freak me out. So we ended up having to tow them out of the sand, which again was far harder than it should have been. First our tow strap broke off their bumper. Tow strap cost $200 and was fine, but their bumper was slightly damaged. Then we almost got stuck ourselves and a 20 minute job took more like 90, which again was extremely unusual and with hindsight just the beginning of all the rubbish to come. When we came back to camp, we noticed how everything around us had gotten unusually quiet. The area we were in has hundreds of birds around, and as far as we have seen, three cats who sometimes pay us a visit. But there wasn't a single noise at all other than our fire which was dying out unusually quickly. It had gotten dark quickly, so we'd scrambled to build a fire to cook our dinner before we were asked to help the couple and I'd noticed the silence, but it didn't bother me. However, my brother suddenly grabbed my hand as we were sitting down to eat and said with clear fear in his voice that we should go as quickly as possible and that he didn't feel safe. To ease both our minds, we prayed. We are Christian, so of course we thought it would help us. But I think it accelerated everything that happened and just made whatever was there angry. We finished our dinner and me being the sceptic I was completely fine and pretty much just humoured my brother until I started getting the nagging feeling that it was time to pack up and leave. It hit me like a wave and I was quite taken aback by the feeling so I voiced it to my brother and he agreed that we should pack up right away and leave. We started packing up at a normal pace, like we were just tired and wanted to leave. And that's when we heard a sound really close to us, on the opposite side of the pond, which wasn't that big, that I could only describe as the sound of death itself. And it seemed to go on for several minutes. And when I say that we looked at each other in absolute fear, I genuinely mean I was ready to have a heart attack right there and then. At that point... 
after being frozen for a few minutes and quite reasonably so after hearing that bellowing screech so close to us. We turned on the car, drove it back so we could see better with the headlamps and just started throwing everything into the car, without much care but with a whole lot of urgency. And it was like after the screaming, that's when it really hit the fan. First it was the sound of twigs snapping and footsteps all around us. Then it was the shadows behind the trees and I tried everything to try and get those shadows to change shape. Walking around the trees and moving the lights, but nothing. It looked like there were people just staring at us the whole time and you could really feel it too. We felt like we weren't alone and that we weren't with friendly entities either. We also noticed that all three cats were huddled right behind our car, away from the trees, so they weren't the ones snapping the twigs. But literally did not care if they were not going to move, as I was still getting out of there. Thankfully, they left when we started reversing. But they too looked absolutely terrified and were just staring at the trees. It also felt like whatever was there was getting closer, and I have never felt anything like that. It was a gut feeling, and you just know it's one of those natural instincts you shouldn't ignore. Thankfully, we were able to pack up quickly. Our tent was really close to the trees, though, so that was a nerve-wracking experience. And whilst we were packing, it was still very silent. It's very normal for the birds around that area to continue making sounds until 2 or 3 a.m. And at this point, it was about 8 p.m., so it was highly unusual. I personally think I was most terrified as I was driving away back on the main dirt path to leave the desert. I know cars very well, I know how they drive in the sand, and I know our car especially well, because we've had it for so long. And I could instantly tell that the steering was off, and completely fighting against me, which fixed itself the second we were on the highway. The sound of twigs snapping was still all around us, and it was loud enough to be heard over the sounds of the car, and on the path was what seemed like every bird that was in the area, just standing there and staring at us until we got close enough to force them to walk, or even fly, away. At one point, my brother just grabbed my shoulder and told me very sternly to just keep looking in front of me and under no circumstances to look through his window. It was the tone of his voice that told me to listen to him, for the love of God. We were in a part of the desert. We had to pretty much drive through the whole of the inaccessible areas to get onto the highway, and there wasn't a single person around us. The only thing we saw was a very clearly abandoned Toyota Hilux, positioned behind a small dune and hidden by the trees, but was far enough from our campsite to easily be ruled out as the source of the original screech. The worst thing I saw as we were getting near to the exit, now we know these deserts very well, we've both grown up here and have been riding dirt bikes and quad bikes in these deserts since we moved here, and we know what wildlife to expect, cats, birds, spiders, goats, camels, mice, foxes, maybe even the occasional Scorpio, or if you're really unlucky, a snake, but that is it. There is nothing else in these deserts. We saw standing in the middle of the path, staring directly at us, a deer, a goddamn deer. I've only ever seen one deer in 16 years of living here, and that was in someone's garden as a pet. 
It's safe to say I was in complete shock, and the deer was just not moving at all, until I got close enough that we could practically smell the thing before it slowly walked off the path whilst looking right at us. We quickly moved past the deer, and again my brother, with a gasp and then very sternly, said to me to keep my eyes right on the road. I asked him as we got on the highway what it was that he kept seeing, and he very reluctantly told me he kept seeing large figures around us any time we went through a bend, and they were all either pointing right at us or ahead of us. I'm very glad he didn't tell me at the time, as I would have been wetting myself. We still were yet to encounter anyone, but we still very clearly heard sounds all around us. And again, not the usual bird or cat, but very clearly big and unrelenting. When I saw the exit, I was as happy as I've ever been, but that quickly faded when once again we saw another deer standing right in the middle of the road, slowly walking away and looking right at us, except this time it didn't really look like a deer, more like a kangaroo mixed with a deer, and its eyes were milky and it looked rotten and horrible. But I didn't much care, I just stepped on the gas, and fortunately it had gotten out of the way in time. Now when you exit the desert, you can either turn right onto a long stretch of highway, or you can go left and go through a small town, then take the back streets to a parallel highway. And as I was about to turn right, my brother once again, with the same tone of voice, said go to the town and go to the right. Later he once again said he saw a line of figures pointing ahead of us, so if we'd have gone that way, we wouldn't have made it home in one piece. Thankfully, as we made it further and further away and close to our home, the gut feeling of being watched was going away. And of course, having never experienced something like this before, I was distraught and wanted to talk about it. My brother told me, as we were going home, that because we were alone, the djinn wanted to mess with us. That they wanted to scare us and most likely cause harm, and that the way they get to you in such rural places is to force you to stop and then do whatever they want. Which makes sense as to why there were so many animals on our path. He also said that they cause bad luck, and he could feel them the second we entered the desert, which explains his clumsiness all day and the car that got stuck in such an unusual manner. This is also my younger brother, by three years, and naturally, any time he ever told me about this sort of thing, I always just dismissed it as him scaring himself. I can excuse the sounds we heard and the shadows we saw last night. I can excuse the gut feeling as just being scared, but I cannot excuse the two deer we saw staring right at us. And I cannot excuse the car just randomly fighting against me as I was driving. The deer completely freaked me out, as did the tone of my brother's voice. I'm also sorry if this is written sporadically. I'm still shaken up and trying to make sense of everything. And it's safe to say we are not going camping there again. And it's also safe to say I'm never dismissing my brother when it comes to this kind of thing again. God, am I so thankful that we made it home safely. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, I've heard of gins before, I think. Yeah, it's not the type you put your tonic in. Don't you like take away people or something? Well, they are quite a complex being, actually, so we'll cover it more in depth in one of the main episodes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, creepy, though. Yeah. I once had a really similar experience of um, being watched whilst camping. Yeah. No, I did, right? So, Rog <laughs> and I were, were wild camping on Dartmoor, and we set up our tents and, like, you know, getting, getting ready and looked out. It was raining, um, it was on Midsummer's Eve, looked out and we were being watched by about ten cows. Ten cows? Yeah, not quite as spooky, <laughs> but you know, I find it pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the experience. I'd um, never, I'd never camp, I'd never camp somewhere in like a discreet place. I'd only camp somewhere on a camping site with like other caravans and motorhomes and that mm. and a shop that's so, what i like but yeah that is creepy and like the deer aspect of it sounds like skinwalker though doesn't it yeah you know that was like we'll talk about our experience uh the other night when we were walking home but we'll talk about it on the main episode <laughs> <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the episode we'll catch up again with you on sunday yeah goodbye everyone take care everyone 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We'll be right back.